Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group. Our guest today is Bob Digneo, Assistant VP of External and Regulatory Affairs for AT&T. Welcome, to the, welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you, AJ. Great to be here. Well, we're coming back to talk about 5G. And I think when we last spoke with you, this was in the uh, late fall, and it was about there was chatter then about you know AT&T's rollout of 5G in some key markets, several of them in Texas, but also nationally. And um, just what was the state of affairs with getting that rolled out in Austin, and also what were some of the regulatory hurdles that AT&T, and particularly you as the point person for that, were facing with the city and also with the with the capital of the legislature. And right, you know, we're, the capital hadn't quite kicked off then. Right, right now, almost tw- three days out from cap- session ending. Um, but we want to talk to you about that. But also, recently, earlier this month, it was reported um, that. 5G was being rolled out in parts of Austin, or a part of Austin. I want to come to you and just get an idea of what, just get some, some more background of that, as much as you can share uh, what's going on with that in Austin. Absolutely. Glad to. Great. So I want to start just with a re- quick recap on what 5G is. Absolutely, AJ. Thank you. 5G is very exciting for anybody that uses a smartphone or a tablet, which basically is everybody. 5G means the fifth generation of wireless technology, the first generation goes back to the mid 80s when you could get a cellular phone and just have a voice conversation, that was it. 2G expanded that. The third generation brought in things like uh, emails and texting over uh, your cell phone and even internet access, rudimentary. Mm -hmm. 4G expanded that and 4G is what we have today, the fourth generation of, of wireless communications where you can text, you can video, you can email, there's a host of services that are available to you wirelessly. The fifth generation really is 4G on steroids. It's a massive increase in the capacity of the network to carry information to and from your smartphone. So the speed will be faster, the volume will be faster, the ability to get very high quality videos on your smartphone and watch those real time. Mm -hmm. Downloads will be much, much quicker. There's just uh, every kind of expansion of capability that you can think of, 5G promises. It's a really big quantum leap forward, and the industry, meaning the AT&T's, T-Mobile, Sprint's, Verizon, all the carriers, and all the phone manufacturers are on the verge of bringing this out to the public in Austin and elsewhere, and so it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. So as it relates to Austin, I know So was April 9th, uh, there was an announcement of limited 5G mobile service in the city. What can you tell us about that, well, if you can't tell us anything? Absolutely. This is really the very, very first uh, entree into 5G. Uh, the 5G phones, phones, smartphones that can place and receive 5G communications are not on the market yet. They mm-hmm. will be later this year. So there are not devices, your device won't work on 5G today uh, yet. But that's going to change, and the next generation of smartphones, even later this year, will be 5G capable. In the meantime, AJ, there is a device, a mobile hotspot made by Netgear, it's called the Nighthawk 5G mobile hotspot that can use the 5G network. We are very much at the beginnings of this, so we have in a couple of places in Austin, and I can't really get into the location for, uh, for, for marketing reasons, reasons yeah. but there are a few locations around town where uh, someone with a Netgear uh, 5G mobile hotspot could 
uh, use that to to actually use the 5G radio that's near them, uh, all located on probably on a, on a uh, nearby rooftop or whatever a, a building rooftop uh, to uh, actually uh, use 5G. Mm-hmm. This will be very very few people right now. It's going to expand quickly. There'll be a lot more coming from AT and T in terms of the phones and the coverage area and the expansion. But as you mentioned, AJ, we have had uh, a challenge here, uh, as well as some other cities, but specifically in Austin, a challenge getting the permitting from the city to place the 5G equipment, their small radio and an antenna, on utility poles, light poles, traffic signals around town. That's the best place to put these devices near the consumer, low down, in the right of way. Mm-hmm. And why is that? And so what I mean this as apart from you you can go around the city now and you see the traditional cell phone um, or at least what's with the current cell phone tower Correct. systems. I mean even towers sometimes they're they're put on buildings and there's you can you can paint them and have a kind of a facade it blends into that right. was placed on. So what is the difference what's the difference between that and what you're proposing? Absolutely. The devices you see today that are sometimes on building rooftops they're long, narrow panels. They look like uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, an antenna-looking device. Those are called macro sites. They are macro cellular send, uh, tr- transmitters and receivers. They cover a wide area. They cover several miles. They are also on tall 100-foot or 75-foot towers that you see around town. So those both are called macro towers. They cover big areas with wireless communication, not yet 5G, but gonna be 5G eventually. What we're talking about now, AJ, is getting with the city here and elsewhere to get permission from the city to go into the right-of-way and place what's called a micro, a smaller, not a macro, but a micro, a smaller device that covers a smaller area Mm -hmm. with more bandwidth, more capacity. That's the issue now, putting these smaller devices up. There are only a few in town, so people haven't seen them yet. There's a couple up and down Congress. They're mm-hmm. almost invisible. They're built into the traffic signal light uh, armature, so they're they're not easy to spot. But we've got a few of those in place. We need really hundreds over time. Is the issue then, and just the because it's such a new technology in this case, would be a case with any kind of new technology. The permitting that exists now for for the macro nodes doesn't exist for these kind of nodes, and Correct. so it's just the process of figuring out how. And it's probably, you know, they're not apples to apples, right? So, so just one, getting the process down and negotiation and what that process will be for these nodes, one, and then that's that's a whole, you know, uh, process in itself. And then then they're then going for applying for that then permit to get the nodes placed around town. It is new. You're exactly right. The process to receive, for a city to receive applications and review them is new. It's complicated. Um, these are devices that will be visible to the public on the right of way, and so there are uh, some cities have concerns about their appearance, yes. their size, their location, um, how close together they are. In some cases, we uh, AT and T and other companies need to actually place a new pole. The existing poles aren't necessarily enough. We need to go place a new pole that would be only for a a wireless small we call small cell device which we're talking about a new pole being placed in a city means the city needs to evaluate whether that makes sense mm-hmm. it will block traffic will it will it look okay will it impede anybody's uh, movement in the in the in the right of way on the sidewalk 
Uh, are there any safety hazards? So there are issues that cities need to look at uh, when, when we ask for permission to place a new pole. And so you're right, this is all new. Cities are grappling with the new, the new technology. The Texas legislature last session in 2017 passed a bill that gives cities and the wireless industry some guidelines on how this should go. But it doesn't specify every single thing. Cities still have a lot of latitude. There's a lot of gray area, like with any piece of legislation. It covers some things specifically, but other things are gray. So the industry and the cities over the last two years, again, Austin, all over the state, Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth, uh, have been engaged in a long dialogue about how best to place these safely in the right of way, make sure they have uh, a reasonable appearance, they're not eyesores, which they're not. And uh, the other complicating factor, AJ, is that it's not just AT&T coming to a city saying, I need a new pole here and I need to attach these devices to these other poles. It's T-Mobile, it's Sprint, it's Verizon, mm -hmm. and some of their suppliers. So there's a, a number of people coming into each city wanting these permits. We're very successful in some cities in getting them. We have about uh, 500 of these devices already uh, permitted and in service around the state. Unfortunately, in Austin, we're still less than 10 devices of these, these, uh, these small cells that are actually in service. We've had a, a few more of that number of applications approved. We haven't quite built yet, but it's very, very slow in Austin. Uh, it's a small number of permits compared to a Dallas, a Houston, a San Antonio, even some cities around the state in the Valley um, have, uh, Edinburgh is an example, mm -hmm. have uh, been more open and more receptive and quicker about reviewing these permit applications. So this is getting to be uh, an important development for cities. And Austin, unfortunately, the permitting process, we believe, is still too complicated mm -hmm. and too time-consuming. Do you see, I mean, as much as it may affect child, just some of the developments though, with the proposed, as it develops the pending re-evaluation uh, re of the city's land, land development code, I know that, you know, that actually, as of last night, there's still seems now it's going to be a little ways away, but do you yes. foresee that? I mean, I guess it would have some impact on y'all on, on this process, right? It's certainly an issue for us. It's, uh, although, although I don't know exactly the nexus of the land development uh, code changes and permitting for small cells and these 5G devices because uh, they are all interrelated, mm -hmm. but it's not the case that we're needing to have a new land development code First, yes. we're doing this now. The land development process will take place, and I know you've been covering it uh, on your blog frequently. Uh, that'll take place. Um, they're related issues. I just hope that the land development discussion doesn't impede the uh, permitting for these devices mm -hmm. because they really are in going in the right-of-way, an established part of, of, of the turf of Austin, this, the, the right-of-way along every city road that's already there that's not going to change this has nothing to do with private property or housing or developments this is really can you use the right-of-way the city right-of-way to place these devices so i hope this moves along without holding up for any land development changes mm -hmm. i hope so yeah <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be for a while probably right. anyway. yes, um and then just closing just with cap the session almost uh, it's in rural society die mm -hmm. are there any bills uh 
and I know y'all ATT looks at a lot of bills. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are there any like top of mind that mm-hmm. if, uh, you're looking at as it relates to your operations in Austin? There is a bill that I would mention that's very interesting that was uh, brought to the legislature by the cable industry. The cable companies and AT&T, the phone companies, we all pay cities a certain amount of money every year to use the right-of-way for our regular lines, our, our lines that are used for internet and for TV and for voice communications, not the small cells or wireless, but the regular use of the right-of-way for our network that we've put in place over decades. And there's a bill in, in the uh, legislature that would change the amount of money that our company and the cable companies pay cities for the use of the right-of-way. It's fairly conf- controversial because the cities see this as a, if any reduction in these fees will be, you know, fewer dollars the city gets to use on city needs. Uh, so it's become a little bit controversial. Our point and the cable point is uh, we're paying a lot of money for the use of the right-of-way already. We're going to pay more for the use of the right-of-way for these small cells and 5G equipment as that time goes forward. And so uh, while AT&T is neutral on this bill, we're not taking a position, the cable industry has been very out front and the cities have been very out front in opposition. It's something to watch. It's been covered in the media a little bit. Okay. Well, Bob, thank you for your time. Uh, Let's uh, get through a session, maybe catch up post Sunny die June, July, and to see what's happened in the Capitol and hopefully you'll see what's happening at City Hall. That's a deal. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.